You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly. Thanks for listening to Cyber Law and Business Report. Before you take a recess to hear the latest internet law news and commentary, you are hereby ordered to download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Okay, maybe not ordered. But why not? You can listen live to my show and all our show hosts every day on our live stream or download past episodes with ease. So download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes store or in the Google Play store. It's an open and shut case. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly of the Internet Law Center here in um, sunny Santa Monica, the heart of Silicon Beach. Please be seated and thank you for joining us. We have a great show for you today and we're featuring, um, we'll be focusing on the ICANN transition and how it's become politicized and, and what exactly it means. And we have with us someone who would know about this issue far better than most people and that is Cameron Carey. He is the former um, general counsel of the Department of Commerce and now he is the first Ann R. and Andrew H. Tisch Distinguished Visiting Fellow at the um, Brookings Institute. Um, and um, Cameron has had um, a great deal of experience in government service, working in the Department of Commerce, and um, also being involved in politics. You know, he played a major role in his brother's presidential campaign. And he's with us now. Cameron, how are you? I'm great, Bennett. It's great to be with you. Thank you for, um, for coming on. And um, so you, you actually made a post um, at Brookings when you were at Brookings about this transition. And um, you know, I, I often note the comparisons of the, the language about the ICANN transition and uh, how it borrows often from language Reagan used in opposing the Panama Canal Treaty, basically that we be paid for it, <laughs> it, it's ours. So I've been calling this issue ICANIMA. Um, well, it's funny because the uh, same thing has occurred to me. Uh, 
Uh, and I think that's the danger here. Look, I think this is a good thing for the Internet and protecting uh, Internet freedom and keeping it as, you know, the kind of multi-stakeholder, non-governmental organization that we have today. Um, you know, the problem is uh, that there, uh, there are a lot of countries around the world that want to uh, want to bring the Internet uh, under government control. Um, and they look at the role that the United States plays, the United States government, uh, uh, the Department of Commerce, uh, where I was in overseeing ICANN uh, as the United States government controlling uh, the Internet. Uh, um, so, you know, their, their solution is to put other governments in charge. So the idea here is to spin ICANN off in a way that, that protects it from government control, but makes sure that you know it is a real multi-stakeholder uh, uh, civil organization in the way that a lot of the other institutions uh, uh, that govern the Internet are, uh, Web Forum, uh, the IEEE, and, and other entities. Uh, so... In the long run, this is uh, something that is going to help protect the Internet freedom. And let's let's dive into the weeds just a little. Um, the, what exactly is the U.S. role with ICANN? And centers on, we're going to start, start our, our um, swimming in the pool of acronyms. It starts with NTIA, correct? Uh, that's right, yeah, National... Telecommunications and Information uh, Administration. And, and so what exactly so, is it that NTI does? Um, so part of, uh, part of running the Internet is the domain name system, the Internet numbering functions. Uh, and uh, for a long time when the Internet was established, those uh, were operated... Uh, uh, by uh, a doctor, a, uh, a uh, scientist at uh, USC, uh, uh, Dr. Postel. Um, and in the 90s, um, I, and if you remember going way back, the Internet was you know, a spinoff of, of DARPANET, uh, Defense Advanced Research Agency. So the notion was to, you know, move it uh, uh, out of government by creating ICANN, um, a nonprofit corporation, uh, to run it, uh, to run it uh, initially under contract with the Department of Commerce, um, and that was, uh, you know, something that was set up in uh, the late 1990s, but with a view always towards you know, moving it uh, private and trying to uh, to privatize it entirely. Um, so uh, that uh, has been in the works for a while. I think you know, it's 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 taken a while because uh, the Department of Commerce, you know, as a good steward of the internet, wanted to make sure that it would be in good hands. Would be in hands that that would protect the internet. But you know, now uh, now it's time to move forward uh, with that. And if, if for example, um, 
during Arab Spring, we had um, the, the internet being shut down in Libya and um, in Egypt, and the NTIA cannot stop another country from censoring the internet, correct? Uh, that is correct. Because it seems to be that the, the argument that we're hearing on the other side is that, well, if this this is just one step away from allowing Russia and China to control the Internet and censor the Internet. Well, I understand the, the concerns. Uh, look, uh, you know, Russia and China have been pushing for uh, you know, control of the Internet, but uh, something called the International Telecommunications uh, Union, which is uh, under the uh, the UN, um, and you know, pushing uh, uh, to bring it under some kind of a multinational uh, organization. Uh, that's something the United States has uh, has resisted, uh, has res- resisted successfully, along with other. Democratic countries, uh, you have, uh, but the problem here is that you know, Russia and China have been able to get traction uh, with uh, developing countries, uh, in part by so saying, you know, uh, we need to take this out from under United States control. Um, so I understand the uh, the concerns that that you know people who are in congress uh, uh who are opposing this have i think it's the uh, you know they want to protect uh, they want to protect the internet freedom but you know do blocking this from happening it's going to send the message to the rest of the world the united states government controls the internet uh, i was saying saying uh you know we built it uh, we own it uh, uh, it would be a uh, do real damage uh, in the long run to uh, to internet freedom. Look, in the wake of the you know the the, the Snowden disclosures have really given a lot of momentum to people around the world who think uh, that that you know the 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 internet is sort of a great big American. Uh, conspiracy to undermine their cultures uh, and their governments, uh, um, and you know, so to turn around and say, "Yeah, uh, now it's ours. We're going to hold on to it." Uh, it's just going to be one more thing to feed that fear around the world. And and so you you mentioned that the 500 pound gorilla in the room, um, which is the Snowden affair. And um, uh-huh. to what, what extent do you think this was driving um, the Obama administration to move forward at this time? Well, I think that's it certainly added uh, uh, some urgency to uh, to get it done. Um, uh, but as I said, this is something that has been in the works uh, for a while, um, and NDI is looking has been looking at you know how do we how do we make uh, the uh, make ICANN the um, multi-stakeholder, non-governmental, and make sure that 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 happens? 
successfully, and and then by doing it, we don't do what people are afraid of, which is that this would, you know, put it under uh, multinational government control. Um, I think more than the, the Snowden affair, you know, the uh, it was just recently the the conference in Brazil on internet uh, governance, Net Mundial, uh, which got to a very good outcome. And uh, I mean, in some sense, it is Snowden related because Net Mundial came about because Brazilian President Dilma Rousseff was uh, was angry about surveillance uh, of her and her government. Um, and she was one of the people pushing for multinational control. But you know what? What she had happen was essentially the the Brazilian internet community uh, got engaged in that mundial and got it to to an outcome uh, that that supported so strongly uh, multi-stakeholder, non-governmental governance of the internet. So, you know, there is an international internet community that shares values with the U.S. internet community. Um, and that's what we need to empower. Uh, we need to empower that to make sure that uh, you know, people can stand up to uh, Russia and China and other governments that want to assert control. And so moving ahead with uh, uh, with with putting ICANN in the hands of uh, the international internet community, it's a way to get that done. Now, when you were um, general counsel of the Department of Commerce, and you know, some you, do you, this was during some of these events, including I believe the ITU conference um, in Dubai, and what type of communications did you have with you know China and Russia about? What the U.S. role should be? Um, well, I think most of the communications were probably with with other governments because we're not going to win over China. We're not going to win over uh, Russia on these issues. Um, uh, so I think the real focus was on India, Brazil, uh, African countries, uh, other countries, and in. South Asia, um, uh, and I think a number of them uh, ultimately did end up on the right side. Uh, we want to make sure it stays that way. And you know, so, how do you see this developing? And right now, the the politics are that um, you know there's been measures passed in the, the House uh, amendment, and two two amendments have passed the House to uh, appropriations measures that would limit the ability to affect transfer. And now the Obama administration is saying, hey, maybe we can postpone this for a couple of years. Um, where, where do you see this ending up, and, and do you think ultimately that's going to be viewed as a good solution? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, um, yeah, some, some versions of the bill have sort of said, let's, uh, let's wait and see what the outcome is with the... Uh, with ICANN um, uh, and to make the decision then. Um, so I think I think there is some time here. The the current contract doesn't expire until the end of 2015. So 
it, and it can be extended, right, to work this out and to make sure, you know, I mean, what NTI has said, look, any any proposal from ICANN uh, has got to have international uh, support. It's got to be based on a multi-stakeholder model. It's got to protect internet freedom, openness, resiliency, um, and you know, the the needs of uh, customers and, and you know, other uh, other stakeholders in uh, in the internet. So, you know, let's not. Uh, Let's not react uh, out of fear. Let's uh, let's move ahead to do what, what needs to happen to protect those values. And um, do you think that the Obama administration um, underestimated the politics of this, or didn't take into account the uh, the potential political backlash? Um, no, I think. Uh, you know, I think there was uh, uh, awareness that this could could pop some some backlash, but I think it was important to send a message uh, to the world going into Nat Mondial that uh, we weren't going to take a possession that you know it's our internet we're going to keep it, uh, and I think I think uh, you know we without that. Uh, we might not have had the uh, the very significant victory for you know, internet freedom and multi-stakeholder governance uh, that the global internet community got in Brazil. Now, when you were in the Department of Commerce um, and, and Secretary of State at the time with Hillary Clinton, who was very much promoting uh, an internet freedom agenda and... Um, how did um, how did that play out when you? Um, but what type of response did you get from the world community in your in your role in the Department of Commerce on that? Um, well, I will. I'll be frank. I mean, I think uh, uh, you know our our focus was on uh, on the internet. Uh, uh, governance issues on trade and the economy and, and innovation, um, uh, and I think that's those are the things that that we emphasized because I think for you know for for uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of governments uh, around the world uh, uh, see the internet uh, as a threat. It's important to emphasize uh, the, the, what's in it for them. And what's in it for them is, in your view, the uh, a multi-stakeholder approach where the U.S. Well, I think no, I mean I think what's in it for them is not so much you know, that that the multi-stakeholder approach. That's that's process stuff. But what's in it for them is being connected to the world, being you know, giving. Their their farmers or their small businessmen access uh, to markets and uh, market information around the world. It's connecting uh, uh, their their businesses, uh, uh, building up their trade, their economic development. There's a uh, there's a strong link between uh, communications and internet penetration 
um, and economic growth uh, and innovation. And, and you know, regardless of uh, where they are or what their politics are, that's something every country wants. Now, um, transitioning to a different subject, and we only have a little bit of time left. Um, when we were we were in China, you mentioned uh, we talked a little bit about the Red Sox um, since you are a, a native, and um, and you were unable to see the um, 2004 World Series um, game because the pilot had timed out. But were you able to make it back to Fenway in last year? Um, you know what, I was not. So I left uh, the Department of Commerce uh, just about the. The end of the season, um, and uh, I live, live not too far away from from Fenway Park. Uh, uh, I didn't make it there myself. Now the weather's getting warmer. I got to uh, I got to get myself there, man. <laughs> and so, would you just watch it at home? And maybe I'll bring them a little better luck too. I'm sorry. Uh, I said maybe I'll bring them better luck if I show up. I know, really, they, they could use you this year, it seems. Um, so what are you, tell us what your role is at Brookings. I, so I'm working on a lot of the, the, the same kind of issues I was doing at the Department of Commerce. So focused broadly on the digital economy, particularly uh, privacy, security, uh, the, the flow of uh, digital information across borders. So you know that's 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 really where the the uh, internet governance issue uh, comes in. Um, you know the internet is uh, such uh, a powerful tool of uh, social and economic and political uh, communication and uh, growth around the world, and that's something we need to uh, you know we need to keep. And expand. Well, I want. I want to thank you very much, Cam. It's really, really appreciate you coming on, and uh, it's nice to talk to you since I haven't, we haven't talked since um, we were in China. But um, thanks again. And if people want more information, um, what's the best way to, to find you? Um, so you find me at uh, www.brookings.edu. All right. Thanks a lot, Cam. I really appreciate it. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about the World Cup and social media after these messages. Hey, Bennett, listen, great to talk to you. Thanks support. a lot. Thanks, Ken. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. While some affiliate networks can give you offers, Affiliate Offers Network gives you offers that pay big. Why do affiliates work with Affiliate Offers Network? How about because they work with powerhouse CPAs like Affiliate.com? How about that affiliates get paid every Monday to kick off their work week? Plus, learn how their green bucket system can turn your email, display ad, social, video, or mobile impression into profitable income. Get connected today with Affiliate Offers Network. 
Call 312-560-0175 or visit AffiliateOffersNetwork.com. As a business owner, you labor for the love of it, and you don't always have time to worry about your website. With GoDaddy Managed WordPress, you don't have to. Simply create your WordPress site or migrate an existing site. GoDaddy will handle the hosting, setup, backups, and security, and keep your site running at blazing speed so you can share your passion with your customers online. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code MANAGE to get managed WordPress for $1 a month, plus a free domain. Some limitations apply. See website for details. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101. On demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. You're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report. This is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center. And if you want more information about this show and its content um, today, um, you can check out our blog, which is at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. and get the latest on you know, what, what we're talking about and some background, including bios and other information. And so, um, unless you've been living under a rock, um, you may have noticed that the World Cup is about to start. And in fact, it's um, going to be starting on um, June 12th, which is tomorrow, um, in Brazil, with Brazil playing Croatia. And uh, um, the United States is actually in this World Cup, and we've been in every World Cup since 1990, um, and had a few um, World Cups that we were able to make before that. But we've become a regular player in the space. We're ranked number 13, and um, we are in what is known as the group of death. Um, so there, there's certain challenges, but we're going to talk about that in a few minutes with um, Joe Bricker, um, who is uh, he's uh, we work since the um, in international aid. He actually will be calling in from Afghanistan, and um, but he is a diehard, rabid um, U.S. soccer fan and soccer fan in general. So I figured who better to talk to um, get some perspective, um, both from a U.S. and international perspective on the World Cup. But one other thing that's really interesting um, about this World Cup is that many are saying this is the first social media World Cup. Um, all of the stadiums in, in Brazil, and includes many um, new stadiums, um, will be wired, um, are wireless. And so people will be able to freely tweet um, or do whatever, make whatever post they want from their seats um, in Brazil, and um, plus everyone all around the world will be participating 
um, biasing, and they anticipate that this will um, far exceed anything that has been um, done in social media before, in which with the greatest uh, number of um, engagement by social media before was the um, the 2012 um, um, Olympics in London, and so this is expected to go far beyond that. And um, in terms of numbers, um, this is a um, a huge revenue um, maker for FIFA, which um, which was excoriated by John Oliver on his his show last week on Sunday. Um, but they 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 stand to make 4.65 billion dollars. Um, in return, Brazil actually put in three and a half billion dollars building stadiums and infrastructure, and that's why we've had demonstrations um, there because people aren't sure this is worth um, the investment. But the event, um, the last World Cup, um, 3.2 billion people watched it, which is 46.4% of the world's population. And it was watched in every country and territory, including Antarctica and the Arctic Circle. Um, I can't say those that's the... Um, those are the sports bars I would go to to watch the game. But you also can watch it um, in the United States. You can watch it using um, your um, iPad or whatever um, through apps that are offered by ESPN, provided, which is the exclusive um, broadcaster for um, the World Cup, provided that you have some open um, view- viewing agreement um, for um, your cable provider with them. Um, so if you're a cord cutter, it may be a little more difficult. And uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see um, also how how much viewing is done through um, other platforms than the traditional, how much of this will be viewed on the web and how much of this will be viewed elsewhere. And uh, so that's, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, we're expecting the uh, TV audience um, for the final World Cup to be 410 million um, but how many people will uh, will view that through other means? And um, so it's going to be very interesting. There's already um, people are measuring how viral World Cup ads have become, and um, how much how many have been reviewed on Twitter and um, YouTube. And there's actually a cute ad campaign done by uh, a Brazilian um, supermodel, Adrian um, Lima who um, is doing a, an ad for Kia, and, and she is uh, appearing in, uh, um, you know, dressed as a supermodel, uh, going into various um, American football um, haunts and um, saying for the next couple of weeks it's football, not football. And, um, of course, everyone happily, um, in the ad, happily agrees, and since it's Adriana Lima. But... Um, is going to be a very interesting cup. One objection I have um, is that in the coverage of the cup, we for years we've always had uh, an American coverage of the cup. We've always had um, um, some English um, or foreign um, broadcaster doing the coverage of the World Cup for U.S. audiences and. You know, we've we've had we've been sending people to the World Cup since 1990, and I, I think by this point in time, you know, the U.S. Um, soccer audience has matured um, mm-hmm. so that um, 
has matured so that we can actually get to the point where we have um we have um you know an actual American announcer without you know who doesn't have to um be from another country and uh and so I, you know, it's, it's it's like the old question why is it that you know in the movies Nazis always have an English accent or you know, other things like that and this is kind of a, a, a strange legacy which I'm not sure I entirely understand but um they will be the games will be shown by ESPN and ABC and most of the games, at least in the first round, are fairly reasonable. Um, it's not like um, we're when in South Korea where you had to get up at 4 a.m. to watch some of the games. Um, here on the West Coast, for example, um, most of the games, the first two games will be at 3 p.m. Pacific time, and which will be 6 p.m. Um, Eastern time. And then um, the last game, I believe, is at 9 a.m. Pacific or 12 at noon in um, the East Coast. So it's... Um, it's you know, definitely something that can be done, um, and not as not as burdensome as uh, as it was in South Korea or even in um, in South Africa. I mean, I actually went to watch one of the last games with the U.S. was involved in um, with Algeria when we were in, in the first round, and uh, that was shown at 6 a.m. at a local and you know, sports bars actually were already full by that point in time, and uh, there was a local English pub. Um, around the corner from my office that was actually opened at 4 a.m. Um, in order to get um, all the games. Um, so it's, it's it's an interesting thing. Phenomenon soccer is growing in popularity in the U.S. Yeah, there actually are some soccer teams that are, are outperforming um, you know, traditional U.S. sports teams, such as, um, for example, the Seattle um, Sounders in the M, uh, Major League Soccer you know, have about 40,000 um, average attendance, which is, you know, greater than most of the baseball teams. And um, so it's really developing an audience, and the World Cup is a unique event. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops, and uh, we're trying to see whether we can get Joe. He's he's calling in from Afghanistan, so we, ha- we haven't quite got him yet. But, um, you know, he's actually more far more skilled at breaking down you know, the who's and why's and what stories to follow on this World Cup, but um, you know the U.S. is the reason why the U.S. Um, chances are somewhat um, bleak um, or at least challenging is that um, is the, the so-called group of death, and the, it's called the group of death for a good reason from a U.S. perspective. Um, the U.S. is playing against the number two team. Um, in terms of world rankings in soccer, number two is Germany, um, who actually has beaten the past in recent memory, although um, the most important game the U.S. played against Germany would have been in 2004, and uh, 2002, excuse me, um, in South Korea when um, they were um, eliminated um, by Germany in the quarterfinals in a controversial game, actually, when the tying goal uh, was blocked by a handball uh, by a German player, but it wasn't called um, by the referees. And so um, it also includes number four, Portugal, again, who the U.S. actually beat in the South Korea um, World Cup. And um, Portugal is number four. And in addition, they play... Um, Ghana, who has eliminated the U.S. from two the last two World Cup competitions, and so it's kind of like their nemesis 
In addition, um, they have to play the, the game against Portugal. They could travel 700, um, 1,700 miles into the Amazon jungle to play in this town called Manos, and um, there's really nothing there. It is the middle of the jungle. It has a, a famous opera house for some reason, but they've actually built a stadium there with really no, uh, no other community really to support um, sporting events there, but it is going to be sweltering heat in the 80s with very high humidity, which actually some people think may be a benefit to the U.S. team since they, they've played in some extreme, far more extreme weather than Portugal. Um, you know, I don't know if you remember, remember they actually had a, um, in the qualifying competition, they had, they played a game in Denver in April against Costa Rica where uh, there was a surprise um, snowstorm and there was a couple of inches of snow on the ground which really made it difficult because you're kicking a white ball on this white field and, uh, and of course wearing white uniforms but um, it's, it's quite a striking game to watch if you I recommend you check out the highlights but um, in addition they played in, in a number of hot um, climates and they had to play against Trinidad and Jamaica and um, Costa Rica and you know, they went into these cold environments so I think, and they also traveled farther than um, you know Portugal would have traveled. He was playing against their nearby European competitors and, and their group. So um, that's going to be interesting to see. Now, if the U.S. advances, um, it's, it's unlikely to become first in this group. The way the, the World Cup works is the there's uh, eight groups, and the top two in each group um, advance to the next round. Um, I think the likelihood, according to um, 538, um, the likelihood of the U.S. winning its group is um, 9.8%, um, but most likely they would advance as the number two team um, to either Germany or Portugal being number one. And if they do advance, they will play Belgium, um, which who they've had um, mixed success with in the past. But they're actually, um, on the day the World Cup starts, they're having a scrimmage with Belgium. Um, it's a called a closed-door scrimmage, so um, there'll be no cameras and so no people, people can't watch, but I'm sure word will get out uh, about how the scrimmage went. And uh, so it could be that that scrimmage then gets replayed um, a couple weeks later in the second round. So they could likely face Belgium as their um, competitor. And it's, it's interesting because... <laughs> You know, the, um, the the main alcohol sponsor for the World Cup is Anheuser-Busch, an American company, but has since been um, bought by the Belgians. And so um, you know, we're having, which if we drink our bud, we'll be drinking Belgian beer primarily. And uh, so it's kind of interesting how that's developing. But um, you know, in terms of 538, they, they, they break down their chances. And 538 is... Nate Silver's um, column with the New York Times, and he uh, he's been very accurate in predicting political campaigns and even you know, going into other areas. But he said that the chances for the U.S. break down as follows: the chance that they'll win the group is 9.8 percent. Um, the chance that they'll advance to the round of 16, 34 percent. So I mean, if they can beat Ghana and maybe get a tie with one of the teams, yeah, that can happen. Um, now, in terms of getting beyond that, they give them a 17% chance of making it to the quarterfinals, um, 6% chance of making it to the semifinals, and only a 2% chance of uh, making it to the final. And then the ultimate question 
you know, can we win it? And uh, I'm reminded of uh, uh, Dumb, and, Dumb and Dumber, where Jim Carrey is hounding um, his love interest and uh, who keeps pushing him off. And she says, is there any chance at all that you may like me? And she says something like, it's one in a million. And he, he just seizes on it and says, yes, there is a chance. And so, yes, the U.S. does have a chance, but according to Nate Silver, that is less than 1%. So, but there's a 100% chance that we're about to take a, a commercial break. And we'll be back after these messages. You're listening to Cyberlawn Business Report only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavowed documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. As a business owner, you labor for the love of it, and you don't always have time to worry about your website. With GoDaddy Managed WordPress, you don't have to. Simply create your WordPress site or migrate an existing site. GoDaddy will handle the hosting, setup, backups, and security, and keep your site running at blazing speed so you can share your passion with your customers online. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code MANAGE to get managed WordPress for $1 a month, plus a free domain. Some limitations apply. See website for details. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. New York Times best-selling author and serial entrepreneur, Joel Kahn, will inspire, inform, and entertain you. Search, social, local, mobile, and everything Web 2.0. It's all here on The Joel Com Show. On demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is, is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back, and you're listening to Cyberlaw Business Report on Web um, Webmaster Radio 
FM and also available on iHeartRadio. Um, so uh, be sure to listen to us wherever you go. Um, so we um, we enjoyed talking with Cameron and um, giving you kind of an outline of the World Cup. Uh, unfortunately, it appears that we would be our link. So Afghanistan did not quite work out, and uh, shocking as that may sound. Um, so, but um, there are a couple of announcements. One is tomorrow um, is the IP and the Internet Conference. Um, the California Bar is sponsoring, and it'll be held at Lux Sunset Hotel in Los Angeles. And uh, I'll be one of the MCs and um, start with the kind of introductory keynote address. Um, but we have some great talent. We have Ian Ballon, who's been on the show, and um, uh, several others. And uh, so it's going to be a great event. Um, if you're in the area, please check it out. Um, it's an IP in the Internet conference at Lux Sunset Hotel. Um, in addition, um, we, we talked last week about Tiananmen Square and the importance of the event. And um, prior to Tiananmen Square, the, the Chinese government began a crackdown where they started um, going after many activists who were um, involved in, um, you know, in kind of um, liberating China or having and promoting more free discussion. And uh, one of them is someone I know, a woman named Vivi in Uway, and um, she's been um, active in terms of you know, trying to reach out to Internet people uh, outside of China and encouraging dialogue um, with them. Um, she was detained in um, mid-May or to late May, depending on different reports. Um, but last, there's no report that she has been released as of yet. And um, this is a woman who is a, a bright woman, um, very much you know, committed to China, and, uh, and but, you know, she has a family. And uh, so... Um, we encourage everyone to, to you know, do anything you can do um, to uh, encourage um, release of all the people being held in China because of Tiananmen Square, and we hope that Vivina is released soon and returned to her family, and uh, we hope China will continue to um, work towards modernizing, in, uh, which also includes um, liberalizing when it comes to Internet communications. And um, we don't think this is the way to go. You know, arresting people is not—it's um, not a modern China. That's that's a, a last-century China. And so um, I think that's the message we need to convey: that um, China can't um, be afraid of its own citizens. It can't be afraid of them going on the internet. It has to allow that to happen because it will happen. They can't stop it. So, but in any event, um, our prayers to um, Vivian and her family, and hopefully she will be released soon. But um, I want to thank everyone for joining us this week. It's been a pleasure. Um, and uh, if you if you are a soccer fan, uh, I'm sure you're very excited about the start of the World Cup. I, I haven't um, done any pools yet, so I can't say I've picked a winner. Um, of course, obviously, I, I, I will cling to that slim, you know, 1%, less than 1% chance for the U.S. team, but hopefully at least we'll advance to the next round. But um, that's all we have for now. So I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank Cam Carey uh, for joining us. It was great to talk to him. Um, and um, so join us next week um, when we come back um, for another edition of Cyberlong Business Report only on webmasterradio.fm. I'm Lieutenant Kelly from Santa Monica, the Internet Law Center. Check us out on the web. Uh, our blog is cyberlongradio.wordpress.com. And check us out on uh, internetlawcenter.net. Um, have a great, for the journey.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.